who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. And hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dorbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation. And boy, do we have a lot of sort of varied PlayStation news to talk about this week. Uh, our favorite leaker of all time, LinkedIn, has given us a lot of details about certain things happening in the world of PlayStation, plus some other big news, uh, a new sort of a firmware update, I guess, but a, a big new feature has come to PlayStation 5 that people have been looking forward to for a long time. And we're going to talk about a new feature of PlayStation Plus that we've gotten new details about that have caused some murkiness and some confusion. So we're going to break it down, get into how it all works and, and, and our thoughts on it. But before we do, I'm joined this week by Jada Griffin. Hello, hello. Confusion in the game industry. That's never a thing. That never, never happens. Um, but also, I finished Severance finally, and nice. It was fine. Uh, what the? F- I was. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. You guys way overhyped it for me personally. I hate. I know there's a lot of people out, out there are probably gonna disagree. Like, oh my god, Severance is the best thing ever. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is the, it the call's though? coming from inside the house. Is it? <laughs> so. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode. The answer is. The and answer I'm is yes. Excited, and I'm very excited for season two. I am very excited yeah. for season two and where they're going to go. But the first season, eh, it, it it captured me, but it's not it's yeah. not the coolest thing since sliced bread. Well, well, you know, Jada. Let's see, you're entitled to your opinion, and I respect that. <gasps> How dare you? She absolutely is not really. entitled. To- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're also joined this week with uh, just a very exciting start to the show. Mark Medina, how are you doing? Have you guys seen the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? You do have something to talk about this week. I did. I said I didn't have anything. I do. That movie is great. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you? 
No. I have. We Mark, we probably shouldn't overhype it for Jada. We're just going to end Oh, it. that's yeah. true. You know, it's pretty good. But now Jada's... <laughs> no, it's amazing, Jada. You should go watch it. There it is. There's the trailer. Michelle Yeoh, she's amazing. Uh, yeah, I watched this movie last week, and holy smokes, man, it was good. I expected it to be... It was one of those, like, I didn't know anything about it. But it's one of those, like, everybody's talking about it. And I was like, all right, let me just go check this thing out. It was amazing. What did you think of Adornbush? I, I adore it. It's one of those, like, I tweeted an extremely hyperbolic tweet, but it is how I feel when I see something that affects me that much, where it's like, mm-hmm. the best art moves you in, in such a, for me at least, in such a creative way to want to create and put the good that it put out into the world to also put it out there. Like, that's how it hits mm-hmm. me from a creative side. And that's what this movie did in such a, like, profound, deep way of just, like, appreciating life, appreciating people, appreciating the world in, in such a unique way. It's wonderful. But yeah, Jada, it's fine. It's fine. No, I'm, you know? it's fine. It's just no, I'm okay. Actually, I am genuinely <laughs> very excited to go see uh, Everything Everywhere all at once. I would have seen it this last weekend, but I ended up going to a party where uh, I got to hear top hits like as uh, You're Welcome, uh, Let It Snow. Ooh. And uh, a couple what? other uh, songs that you guys may be very familiar. I went to my niece's one-year-old birthday. I was gonna say, was this like a okay. kid's party? It was my niece's first birthday party. Okay. So it was Prince Or the, the parties in Oakland just getting way more tame. <laughs> <laughs> it was my niece's there... birthday party. So yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was not in town. It was out of town. So I had to drive for a bit. So I had to cancel my plan, my movie plans for the weekend for that. But it was worth it. It was a very worthwhile uh, swap. Watching the B-roll for that trailer, the the the, the uh, not to reference the B-roll, but if you've not, have you seen the trailer for Everything Everywhere All at Once? Jada? Yeah, yeah. You're talking about. Are you talking about the hot dog fingers? The, there's just a lot, actually. There's yeah. I I had not even seen a trailer for that movie. So there's actually a lot in that trailer that I was very surprised by, and I think it like really, really like heightened how much i enjoyed the movie so yeah if they, you if you're listening and you haven't seen the trailer i would recommend just not even watching the trailer just go and watch the movie yeah go in as fresh as possible but i will say like watching the trailer you won't really know the movie uh no 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 but they, yes yeah you'll you'll not understand spoiling things. anything no but yeah like specifically like the hot dog fingers i died when I saw those, because I did not know that, that was going to be a thing. There's watched, some good ones, um, yeah. I've been watching a yeah. uh, VFX show on uh, recently, and they they recreated the hot dog effects, and they they went about it how they would have done it two different ways, how they would have done it, and it was very mm. interesting, and it worked pretty well. They ended up putting uh, they used the effect on uh, Neo and um, uh, Morpheus in that Matrix mm-hmm. uh, in the Matrix with that fight scene in the the whatnot and it was it was it was interesting oh now i have to see that that's, that's fair i will i will link it to you well uh before we get into an everything everywhere all at once spoiler cast because i would happily just talk about that movie till the end of time uh we do mm-hmm. of course have some playstation stuff to talk about this week as well uh and to not just overhype movies and tv for you uh we <laughs> do want to jump into a number of topics this week but i think the first one that we all want to start on um because there's been some sort of confusion about there's been some reporting going on out there if you haven't seen the story we'll break it down um but thanks to a new, uh, two new reports, actually, at this point, we have a bit more information about the PlayStation Plus game trials that are coming for the premium tier. Uh, obviously, just to give some background, this was something that Sony trialed a few months back in, in certain territories that we saw a little bit of work on. We're like, oh, this will probably be something in the future. It is. It's a part of the premium, the highest tier of the new PlayStation Plus. And essentially, you will be able to get 
game trials of games. These are not bespoke demos necessarily. The trials are essentially timed allowance of being able to play the game for a little bit. Um, and, and mm-hmm. you know, with the assumption that hopefully you play enough that you want to buy the full game. Um, these we know were going to be offered as a perk of PS Plus, and now we've gotten a little bit more detail about sort of the scope of them. Uh, of course, this is all worth saying. PlayStation has not confirmed any of these details. Uh, these come from a couple of reports. Uh, places, I believe, including IGN, have reached out to comment uh, for PlayStation. They have not said anything in return. So for now, we're going off of these uh, reports. So, you know, things may change, especially as we get closer to the launch of PS Plus, uh, the new version, which we'll get to later as well. But uh, mm-hmm. what we know now is that uh, from a report from Game Developer, the website, not just a random game developer, is that devs received an update from PlayStation via their developer portal, which is essentially, you know, like a system in which they they interface and give updates and information to the devs, uh, that going forward, any games costing $34 or more must have an accompanying game trial that lasts for at least two hours as part of the PS Plus um, premium subscription tier. So anything below $34 doesn't need that, which means a lot of smaller, a lot of indie games, Mm -hmm. usually priced around $20, won't be part of that. But anything $34 and above will. Uh, it's not something that is allegedly retroactive or will include PSVR games. Those won't be required for this. Uh, and then also, according to the reports, this has not been officially communicated to third-party partners as a like overall part of the process. Uh, so specifics may change. The actual requirements, who this may be required to, may change over time. Um, the The fact that it seems to be so blanket to games above the $34 mark is an interesting one we can get into. Um, but before we go into it, developers can also include bespoke demos as a option instead of these things. Uh, so they could put a specific demo, kind of like the Resident Evil Village dev- uh, demos, not devils, mm-hmm. last year. Um, they can opt to do those. They need to be live within three months of a game's publish and be available for at least a year for those games. Um, and initial reporting was initially fuzzy on this about whether this would, and and I think a lot of outcry came that these trials would cause developers to have to do a lot more work to figure out when to instill the trial, how to offer a version of the game that, you know, locked people out of it and things like that. Uh, But Kotaku has reported since that original initial report that the PlayStation Store team will actually create the trials, so it likely doesn't mean more work for the actual dev teams. This does, of course, raise the questions of, well, do the devs get any say in when the trials last, how long they last, Mm -hmm. what the the use of them is? Obviously, this is a thing that drives revenue for PlayStation Plus, so do they get a part of that because they're priced at that level? Things like that. So there's there's a whole mess of things to get into. That's sort of the general picture we have of it. That it seems like PlayStation Plus trials, if they are what the reports claim they are, are going to be pretty widespread. It seems like this is going to be a thing on, on a ton of games. And if you're subscribed at that level, you'll be able to try out a lot of games, which as a player is a really great thing. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are questions about it sort of for the devs and things like that, that we can get into, but sort of as an initial approach, Mark, what do you think of the, the idea that this is such a potentially widespread part of the PlayStation plus offering? Uh, I think it's cool. We were kind of talking yesterday about demos that have sold you on the game. Right. So like, uh, you mentioned the resident evil demo, the resident evil two demo, like we didn't know anything about how those remakes were going to play. And so to be able to be able to try resident evil two before you bought, bought it was really, really cool. There have been some like really like notable instances of this as well. Um, most notable to me would be the destiny alpha test that was on PS4 back in 2014 or whatever. Like 
Destiny was a game that I think a lot of people were kind of unsure on. And then when they released that alpha test, which was fairly substantial, I know that sold a lot of people on the game. I remember playing it for like an hour and being like, yo, this is something I'm going to play a lot of. And it was, right? Um, And even most recently, um, I don't think there was a lot of people not sold on Elden Ring, but the hype to be able to play it yourself doing the network test is a really, really cool thing because it, it created a lot of buzz and it created a lot of, I, I think I think stuff like that sold the game, right? Because people were able to jump in and go, okay, you know what? This isn't just Dark Souls. Like I get to explore, I get to like do a lot more than just like kind of beat my head up against bosses. Now I actually want to try this, right? Um, on the flip side, I will say that like I tried um, Strangers of Paradise. I tried the demo and I was like, okay this is not a game i want to keep playing <laughs> like you know like which is which is literally the purpose of like a game trial right i i, I think mm-hmm. sony is doing this in a way to like for one yeah like let people it's a perk that they're adding to their service to let people try to discover if they want to play a game or not but i think it also helps them with it when it comes to like refunds and stuff like that because we saw with cyberpunk right a lot of people didn't get to try that game before it came out nobody knew the state of it and the three months thing is a little murky because who knows when cyberpunk's trial would have released would it have been at launch but i think it would have been a a really good headache Uh, it would have saved them from a lot of headache because the reason sony delisted that game is because sony doesn't have the greatest return policy they're not super into giving people tons of refunds and so they delisted the game because they were sick of people they were sick of having to give refunds for it and they were like you know what fix your game and then we'll sell it i think i think demos would have helped a lot of people know to not buy that game right Mm -hmm. so that's just kind of my like overall surface level take on it is that trials are almost usually a pro-consumer thing i i can see some negatives though like somebody playing a game and being like oh you know what i i've played enough of this already um i did see a lot of like the indie talk right like something like one of my favorite games of all time what remains of edith finch that game can be finished in two hours but that wouldn't apply here because that game doesn't cost over 34 dollars so yeah that 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 price point there are definitely indie games like kana was 40 dollars, and and you know you can beat that game in seven ish hours probably so you could potentially play a large chunk of it for for a free trial if it was two hours so yeah there's definitely stuff in that middle ground 40 dollar tier that i think comes into question but in terms of like triple a stuff yeah minimum two hours to get it's it's not that far off from the the ea play game trial where like new ea games Mm -hmm. you get 10 hours basically to try the game and then if you want to buy it or you know wait till it comes on the service you can do that as well i was trying to think of what is one of the shortest like triple a games that that you could essentially get through most of the game in this and like something like hellblade kind of came to uh Mm -hmm. my thought because like if you're not going for the platinum, if you're really just rushing it, you can beat something like Hellblade in like four or five hours. The game is remarkably short. Um, it's very good, but it's it's very short. And so it does make me think like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I could see a little bit of danger in there, but I, I don't, I think overall, there's not too much to worry about. Uh, yeah, Jada, what about you? What's your sort of like top level thought about if all of this is true, what the the implication is for for players and just you know in the service in general? 
Yeah. Uh, first, I want to touch on one of the things Mark said was about, uh, you know, closed network tests, early access, betas and stuff like that. Those are very different from demos and trials. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And demos and trials themselves are different from one another. Like when I hear a demo about a demo for a game, that is a vertical slice of the game. That could be any part of the game at any point. They could start you at max level and just try. So you have all the stuff. Um, whereas like a game trial to me is like you literally are getting to start the game from the start of the game and see what the first couple hours are and experience it that way. So like there's also going to be a need for kind of clarification on what a game trial is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's going to be a vertical slice or it's going to be just from the start. Because I personally, I love anytime we get demos or trials and you get to start the game and then you get to pick up right where you left off if you pick up the game later. Like, I think the most recent one I did that with was The World Ends With You, uh, the Neo World Ends With You. Um, and I love that. I love being able to pick up the game a couple weeks later and just pick up right up at the start of chapter two with all my items, all my money, all the stuff I farmed during that the the, the trial that or demo that they had for it. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see some more clarification on those types of fights. Go ahead, Mark. I could be wrong, and you you may not know because you were reviewing it, so you already had it. But I do believe that's exactly how Strangers of Paradise was as well. It like was the demo for the... was yes. literally from yes. the beginning, and then yep. you could just buy it and keep going. So I I wonder if that's like it was Strangers of Paradise, like like their test you know so, what i mean like yeah it, you know well it's it's something nintendo has done a lot as well like it was mm -hmm. i i actually didn't play the kirby demo because it didn't say it transferred over saves whereas stuff with like right triangle strategy and a couple other recent games it was like mm -hmm. start the game and you and you can continue so it's yeah i mm -hmm. i you know they they haven't gone fully into detail and, and then jade i'll jump right back to you but basically i think yeah. like it, you're totally right the distinction is worth prefacing here because i do think we're like when we're talking about playstation plus game trials we are talking about you getting a timed uh, uh, an allotment of time to play the game that mm -hmm. is the full game from the start and if you want to jump into the rest of the game you buy the game is basically i think what we are expecting here which is as you're 100 correct very different from a single demo that doesn't offer save progress carryover yeah like a network yeah. test or beta any of those types of things exactly are very, like different and even some of those do have stuff that carries over but I think that those are still, but usually those things are like very specific, like, hey, if you've played through all these missions, you'll start off with like, you got you know, a gear piece or an outfit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, you know, I missed the Strangers of Paradise final demo. I skipped it because I was in the process of already reviewing it. And I was like, yeah. there's no point in me downloading the, spending my data, downloading the demo and playing that. But you're right, Mark, that one did have uh, progress carryover um but yeah no i think i think trials are going to be great i think it's an interesting thing to add into um the whole playstation plus thing um i think you know the whole conversation or argument that's going on between demo versus trial and having to pay for demos i think that's like that's literally where the distinction is going to be very important is like you are not paying for a demo you're playing paying the service monthly to try all these new games and get a start on them. And if you ever pick them up later down the road and they're on sale or they come to PS plus for free, you already have progress already in those. So this is trial. So you, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like when you go to like a buffet and you get to kind of sample everything. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of what they're kind of going for um, with the, the game trials. They're not going for like, 
hey, you know, pay this and you can try this game to see if you like it, if you want to buy it or not. It's kind of like it's a sample type thing. You know, back in the old the old days, I'm like, gosh, I'm we're so old. PS1, <laughs> PS2, we used to get like sample discs or demo discs and stuff that would give you a small like you get like 30 minutes to play something and like go try this and play it for 30 minutes and then see if you want to buy it. Those were generally given out for free. Sometimes they were bundled with games. It just varied. And so this is just kind of an evolution of that um that strategy from in the past yeah yeah it's it's something that i think we've seen a lot of the like i i don't disagree to a certain extent that um i wish this was at a somewhat lower tier if only because the whole point the whole point of it is like this is something that they're doing so that you play a game for a little bit and then want to buy it they're like they're just giving you more incentive to go buy it so why not give that to as many people as possible but like jada to your point these are very much not as far as we are aware and under these circumstances, these are not like a demo that the studio is crafting that they are then putting up on the PlayStation store for a select number of people. Apparently, uh, you know, the studios can put up demos in lieu of these things. Mm-hmm. It's unclear if those have to be for PS Plus subscribers or if they could be wide. And I still think we're going to see general demos going forward from the companies that have been doing them. I think the Squares, the Capcoms of the world who have been doing those a bit more, I think we're going to still see that and they're not going to be locked behind this. What is going to be locked behind is if you want to play the next Resident Evil and you want to try it for two hours, that's where you need to be subscribed. Not if you want to play the next Resident Evil demo. Hopefully. That's a theoretical, of course, not confirmed, but like that's I think the distinction there. Oh, yeah. I can I can picture some companies going that route. Oh yeah. Of being yeah. like, you know what? Instead of letting the PlayStation Store team dictate, you know, what people are going to play, I'm we are just going to take the time to like, you know, cuz those Resident Evil demos are like uh semi uh, you know, iconic's not the right word, but they they're very well put together mm-hmm. to the point that like people play them several times, people speed run them because they are just they are, are they are the like perfect length and like vertical slice of exactly everything they want to show. They start and stop exactly when Capcom means them to. Mm-hmm. And those demos very often like village in particular hold back mechanics that aren't in the real game, right? Like village doesn't have any combat or, you know, the, the demo for it didn't have any combat. It was meant to be kind of a, a haunted house tour so you can see the graphics you can see uh lady d and all that stuff and you can kind of get a feel for how the game plays but then it's very much their way of just being like but like just know you know this is this is not how the game is where if you were to play the first hour or two of resident evil village i'm not sure that's something capcom would want because it's very story heavy you don't get a lot of combat and stuff like that you don't get a lot of like those like crazy moments right at the beginning it's very just like, you know, like the first 20 minutes of the game are you just walking around a house, right? So I can picture companies being like, you know what? If we have to put out a demo, we're going to put out one that we want to put out. And that, of yeah. course, then creates the problem of do the devs then have to spend more time to create the thing right. that they didn't want to in the first <laughs> And and uh, yeah. not I'm definitely not uh, trying to put them on blast, but I think Matt Piscatella from MPD Group, he tweeted about this and put up a very good point. Uh, and so I, I want to make sure I give credit where essentially he potentially could foresee there being blowback from the AAA devs who don't want the beginning of their game to just be out there for free on only one platform. Like it, it does create a really weird imbalance then of if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if Gotham Knights is on PlayStation and Xbox and it's you can play the first it's full it's full price on both systems and on PC and you you can still play though the first two hours on PlayStation 
you know, it creates this weird ecosystem difference. Do do the devs even want people to be able to play that much of the game without paying for it? Like it, I wonder what the blowback is going to be from devs, if any, um, on that on that level of things. Yeah, it's a, do... tricky, it's a tricky thing because we're not going to really see the like the numbers and stuff and how this kind of starts to play out for what four or five years probably before we start to see an actual like trend of if it's actually helping or hurting. Like you will probably see some spikes early, early on either way, up or down. But there's no telling if that is just because of that or something, some other anomaly that's happening in the, you know, maybe it's just the service as a whole. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But as you know, it's going to take some time to look back and see how it plays out. But yeah, I can totally feel for some of the devs that may feel like they're, you know, there's a lot of games that come out and they put some very big moments in the first couple hours and like. Like, they don't want to spoil that, you know? Last of Us 2, you know, is one of those really good examples. Like, they cut different trailers because they didn't want to ruin their opening of the game. (laughs) Yeah. And so, or they didn't want to spoil, not ruin. They didn't want to spoil opening parts of the game. And, you know, can you imagine? Like, I, it's, you can almost see both sides of the fence because, like, if they had released a trial, people would have been able to see it right off the bat. And then they could have seen the difference from the trailers and stuff and it might have been less of a like oh you made me pay all this money to and you swap you bait and switched me you know but it, uh it almost yeah. arbitrarily creates a forced value to the platform against developers will kind of a yeah. deal right mm-hmm. and that's the thing that i'm like kind of worried about like if if it ends up being a thing where like let's say it let's say consumers love it right consumers are like this is so awesome any triple a game that came out this year third party first party doesn't matter like you can imagine sony could make their own first party do it but the fact that they're making everyone do it you know consumers could be like this is so awesome this is great right so then sony goes okay well now we're going to like use this as like a bullet point on why playstation 5 is so great is that it has Mm -hmm. demos for everything right this is so cool what but on the other hand then you have devs that are like yeah but we're not you're that's a that's a value that you forced us to create for just you so you know what now what we're gonna do is we're gonna release our demo on both platforms kind of deal like you could very well see that happening mm-hmm. where they're like if we have to create a demo for you then we're just going to put it on xbox as well, well yeah, right yeah. and you know could could be a thing it it drives value for the you're you're totally right like this is having all of these available at such a widespread level for the player i only see as an upside like as a player to be Mm. able to dip into hundreds of games i don't really see the negative there like you know in that bubble but the second you think about the but the the money for that is something that playstation gets because people see that that value as something to subscribe to playstation plus and there probably will be people who buy some of the games because they love what they play but there will also be people who may be like you were saying earlier i got my fill i'm good for now and and there as far as we know again this could be something that hasn't been communicated yet could change we don't know if by creating one of these uh game trials via the playstation store if it's created for a game if they get a certain amount of money because of how many downloads or trials actually get played or things Mm -hmm. like that like there's no clear market boon for the devs outside of the potential to get more sales because people play the game so yeah it is a very like murky area on that side of what the benefits end up being and and who is upset by it and who likes the idea of it and and, and how that changes things it's it's a confusing space there but as a player at least to me it's like you get to play everything for at least a couple hours that seems like a pretty good deal 
something I, I didn't really think about until right now also is you know a game like call of duty usually is going to have a campaign and a multiplayer but there are a lot of games that only have multiplayer the way i play games with my friends is there are often times where we're like yo we want to try this game we play it that night and then we never play it again right mm-hmm. so if your game is multiplayer only that we you know you have to pay to be able to play how is that going to work is it just a two-hour time limit on that game's multiplayer to be honest sometimes that's enough like I, I'll play a game multiplayer. We'll, we'll play for two hours. We'll sign off for the night and be like, "Cool, I that was enough. We don't need to play this anymore." Jada, you know, we played Knockout City once. <laughs> Never been, got an invite again, probably because I beamed him with too many dodgeballs. But we also just like never really played no. it that much more. I think we played yeah. it like one or two more nights, but for the most part, like that was my thing is if, if knockout city was a game I had to buy the night that me and you played together, Jada with all mm-hmm. of my friends, that would have been enough. Yeah. I, I would have been like, yep, this was really fun. Do we all now want to drop money on this? Nah, probably not. That's cool. Right. And so I do wonder if that could become a thing where it's like, let's use our trial for X game on Thursday and that's the most we're ever going to play that game. Just we're going to try it out, and then that's it. We're never going to touch it again. That that could end up being bad because multiplayer games live and die by how many times, you know, mm-hmm. reoccurring playing. So Yeah. I mean, you run that risk, but you also, at the same token, you may have, or at the same time, you may have loved the game and then wanted to buy it. Sure. It, it, yeah. It's, I mean, that's always that's always the thing. Yeah, that is the problem is it, it's, yeah, it, it's very much up in the air. Um, Jada, you were, you were going to jump in as well. Yeah, no, um, I'm just wondering if there's going to be some type of, like, I'm sh- there's obviously going to be data collected on this. People are going to, like, they're going to keep track of, like, how many people downloaded this game, how many then, you know, converted to full sales. I'm wondering if things like this, like, maybe something that's, like, a Kenna that's, like, 40 bucks or whatever that just barely squeaks over, or 30, something that comes out to 35, squeaks over that, like, you have to put a trial, and it doesn't, like, necessarily attach too well like to like uh, converts too well to actual sales maybe we those are the types of games they start seeing like hey let's put this in ps plus it didn't obviously didn't convert well this is going to be a ps plus game in six months down the road we'll see how many sales you get in six months and then it'll be free on ps plus or something like that who knows like there's so many different avenues that this type of addition to the new ps plus um, is going to add and i think that's probably the most interesting thing to me is because we don't really know where it's going to go it's going to change a lot of yeah. um strategies and so mm-hmm. i'm eager to see what those strategies kind of pan out to be uh, for better or worse like obviously i want them to be better but i'm just interested to see how things kind of turn out yeah no you're totally right like this is something that will obviously be going on in conjunction with that ps4 slash ps5 library of 400 games or whatever it is and so yeah there there is the potential for like oh a game that was maybe critically super well received but people just didn't connect with the game trial for whatever reason if we give it away on ps plus a month or two from now maybe that will get more people into it and maybe buy dlc or maybe be interested in a sequel and things like that yeah there are all these different variables this in conjunction with that creates and and you're totally right we're not going to know the immediate effects of it anytime soon um, or, or the larger scale ramifications. It's it's really strange. It's it's another step in like Sony doing something quite different. You know, like this generation, it past generations has always been like, what are the three doing against each other? And everyone is doing mm-hmm. very different things this generation, even if there are overlap in, in certain cases. And so I am I am absolutely so curious to see what the strategy does because 
yeah, I, I see the value to the player, but I have no mm-hmm. idea what the conversations behind the scenes are with devs who may not like this, may be frustrated by it, how that's going to change. Can they just, what if they just tell Sony, no, I don't want this? Do they then just not right. publish their games on PlayStation anymore? Like, do we see a drop in PlayStation published games at a higher price point because people don't want to have to support this if they don't like it on the dev side? That could feasibly happen as well. It's it's a weird... I see the positives and negatives, and I do not know how it's going to play out, you know, in the near term whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's such a strange thought. Like, that games have been coming out on these consoles forever and that they're suddenly just like mandating this like i get i definitely picture there there's a lot of like dev meetings happening right now well and and that's so so sony says this guys <laughs> and, and that's the the biggest question of you know the reporting as it stands right now is that this was communicated through a dev portal this wasn't like an officially emailed out inf- piece of information to big third-party partners as far as we're aware maybe it was and then maybe devs who weren't in the know found out through the dev portal like it, you, you know who knows where every step of those conversations happened but um yeah i i imagine people reacting to being like oh now i have to do a thing that changes the flow of of their thought process for games maybe it changes the way people develop the first couple hours of their games knowing potentially tens of millions of more people if they subscribe to this will be playing it 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 could have large ramifications or people could be very upset and then it's just playstation first party developed and published games that use it and then we move on you know like that that could be the fallout as well is that devs get very upset at it and then it's just playstation focused stuff but yep yeah it is, it is a weird new wrinkle that I immediately see the upside for players and question what it's going to mean for, for devs in the industry as we go forward. But, you know, we're not going to have to wait too long. I'm just going to bump this up here since we're talking about the new PS Plus. We did get word over the last week of when we can actually expect the new PlayStation Plus. Uh, this was yeah. something we... We've been getting this weird slow drip of information. Uh, and so the new PlayStation Plus will be coming to Asia in May on May 23rd. Uh, that doesn't include Japan, which gets it on June 1st, followed by that in the Americas on June 13th and Europe on June 22nd. Um, along with the, that, it's also worth noting that uh, PlayStation is expanding cloud streaming uh, access to Bulgaria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Greece, Hungary, Malta, Poland, the Republic of Cyprus, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia. So these markets will also be able to get that premium tier because there's this weird sort of middle ground for people who can't do the cloud streaming for PS3. Um, I just got a right. flashback of Animaniacs if you get listing a bunch of countries. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know that whole song, but I think some of those countries don't exist anymore. I think there have been changes since that song was recorded. Probably. Um <laughs> Back in like updated version. Back in second or third grade, I sang the United States and their capital song for a show and tell day and was really, really proud of myself. And my whole class just stared in silence at me after I was done. And I went home horrified that I had failed miserably. <laughs> but I knew it, so that was cool at least. <laughs> Um, so yeah, PlayStation Plus will continue to obviously update as we get more information on what the library is going to be, what the actual specifics of these game trials are like once we get to play them, but we now at know, we now at least know we are less than two months from being able to use this new stuff, see how it works, how it's going to change things, and that's exciting as the summer is looking pretty up in the air in terms of game releases. So- as a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, should be interesting. Moving on from there, did want to jump into some other news beats. The Probably the biggest of which for a lot of PlayStation 5 owners out there is the final arrival uh, after months of requesting for it, I guess over a year now of requesting it. Uh, a variable refresh rate is finally coming to PlayStation 5 this week. Some people have already been getting it. Uh, Mark, as of this morning, did you get it? Because yesterday... Nope. I, I, I checked this morning and it still says my system's up to date. And it's not there. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Jada, yeah. do you know if you got this update yet? No, I didn't. It didn't didn't prompt me last night when I was playing, and I haven't checked it this morning. So I'll have to check after the after the show. Cool, because I do know a few games have gotten the patch already for this. Um, of course, variable refresh rate for those who don't know, just as like a brief top level thing. And please correct me, uh, the two of you, if I am it at all wrong. But basically, this has been a feature that's uh, been requested for a very long time. It's um, a feature that syncs the refresh rate of the display to the game's output to help avoid like screen tearing, lag, uh, input lag specifically, and, and issues like that. Um, so basically that there aren't issues with um, the frame rate as it's playing versus what's being put out on the monitor. But of course, you need a VRR compatible TV or monitor. So you need HDMI 2.1 uh, VRR compatible uh, TVs or monitors. Uh, this will be supported through older games via patches and then will be supported at launch in the future just on games in general. PlayStation says you can also try just turning on the feature in the settings to see if it helps other games that are not officially supported, but it may also not support them. Uh, the the starting list that they announced, which looking back on it, I realized did tease a, a PlayStation Plus game for May, but it includes Astro's Playroom, Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Destiny 2, uh, DMC5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, Godfall, uh, Spider-Man Remastered and Spider-Man Miles Morales, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and Tribes of Midgard, one of the three games for PS Plus in May. Mm -hmm. um, 
I am I, I am not as adept at understanding frame rate output. Like it is not something my eyes conceive as much as I know others on staff, including um I, I think both of you, to be fair, uh have have recognized or at least discussed these things as, as something recognizable to you more so than me. So um Jen, I'll just start with you for this one. is this something you're excited to try out? Can you use it? Like do you have a monitor that supports it and everything? I honestly have to check my TV because I bought my TV like it's a nice like Samsung 65 inch or something like that. But like I bought it, I don't know, four, five, four, like going on four years ago, three, four years ago now. So like I'm not sure if mine has the 2.1 ports. I just bought my partner a Sony one last year, so I know his is most likely got it. So he's going to get the advantage out of it, but mm-hmm. I probably won't. So <laughs> anybody want to buy a TV that's not VRR, <laughs> that's potentially not VRR uh, supported? Because it looks like I might have to buy a new TV uh, in the next year or so. And I'm not excited for that. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm, I mean... I'm interested in it, but, and I like frame data is very important for me when I play like my fighting games and stuff like that. Frames are like super key yeah. um, because the moment to moment matters in those types of games. Um, but I play a lot of RPGs as well where the frame data doesn't matter as much. So like besides my, my games, my fighting games and a few like FPS titles and stuff like that, it won't matter as much where I'm more affected by like just uh, general internet lag versus input lag um so i mean it's a cool thing and i think it's a nice little boon to anybody who has it but i don't think i also don't think it's a like a must need everybody needs to go get new tvs like i probably will because i'm i'm i kind of want a bigger tv anyway so like it's it's another excuse to get a bigger tv (laughs) um i just want my walls to be covered with monitors guys i just that's all i want just tvs everywhere live on a set if you could see one of my uh my previous bedrooms at a Previous place I list, lived, I used, I literally had seven monitors. Wow. Um, just around, it cut, it literally took up two walls. I had two, I had two like wide screens, and then I had uh, four or five like actual like uh, P, uh, PC monitors hooked up to my my various PCs I had hooked up, and it was. She just lived in a Best Buy. I lived yeah. in a Best Buy. That's true. How did you? How did you guess? I was on aisle six. <laughs> did you have Sound, motion? It sounds like on? a Best Buy. Or did you remember uh, to turn all that off? Uh, back then I did not remember to turn it off. <laughs> now I remember mm. to turn it off mostly because my TV, for some reason, defaults to turn it back on every time I watch anything. Yeah. And it really frustrates me. And that's another reason why I'm looking to get a new TV because I do not want it to constantly turn back on when I very very like <laughs> turn it off specifically every time yeah like, why are you back on you have no reason to be back on nobody wants you it is <laughs> it's been so fun to see a rise in even like movie and tv directors be like okay all of our movies are hitting streaming here's how you make your tv actually look good and not like it's in the store sample model like here's what you need to do it's yeah. become such a, a unknown problem for people but um well they they come shipped with like the the uh what's it called like the store demo mode yeah which mm-hmm. is they and they do that because it's it's the absolute like not sorry not the store demo mode but the like eco modes yeah. right that way they can put on the box and they're like this tv will only cost you you know 30 dollars a year to run because it's so but that's only if you're in like full eco mode which who does that right like so um my my TV, this one back here, which a lot of people think is a window, which really really <laughs> makes me fa- laugh Mark, because you just it's, ruined, it's you so ruined funny. the immersion. 
I know. Everyone's like, are, why is it always like monsooning where you are? And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> never is. Uh, and li- I live in California's Central Valley. Trust me, it is never monsooning here. Um, that one I just bought, uh, I'd say two or three months after PS5. And it took me a long time to find it because uh, the answer to your question on whether you have VRR is did you did you specifically seek it out because it's actually not very common in tvs you have to find a 120 hertz tv that's it's they're easy to find but they're they're pretty expensive but like your typical like i'm just gonna go to target and buy a tv off the wall like i can almost guarantee you almost that target does not sell any tvs that support something like this right so if you bought your tv at like a target off display you're not going to have it a lot of them have is what you guys are describing which is the smooth motion right that's that's a simulated 120 hertz it's not real though it's only 60 hertz um so you really have to seek it out but when when you have it it's great because yeah i i care a lot about input lag and so i made a whole video around ghostwire tokyo and i I talked about it on the show about how that game is like that game desperately needs right like some vrr and so i'm kind of surprised it's not on this list because that game is like all over the place it has like six graphics modes a lot of screen tearing um this game that game could have really really like you know, helped. But Dornbush, if you would like some education, basically how screen tearing works is you have a display that's only 60 hertz, but your game is running at 100 hertz, right? Which a hertz is just frame rate. So basically what's going to happen is your TV is getting too many frames than it can show. So what's going to happen is there's screen tearing because it's receiving too many frames. To get rid of that, you're gonna turn on V-Sync. Now the game is synced 60 to 60, which creates input lag because it's a simulated sync. So this is what this is hoping to to stop, is that if you only have a TV that supports whatever, but it has VRR, it's going to sync it correctly without without gaining input lag. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very excited because I'm very input lag uh, sensitive. Nice. So. Uh, speaking of Ghostwire Tokyo, I finally saved all the souls and finished the god. game yesterday. Oh my god! <laughs> all two hundred and forty thousand three hundred. I I, I I saw you playing, and I'm like, she's really going for it. <laughs> I still, like I've I've literally what I've been doing for like the last like months or whatever long it's been out like month it's been out. Like, Jada, it's been week, a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Um, no, I literally so I would what I would do is I would go in, I would fill up like 50 to 100 katashiros the little like mm, basically five yeah. 50 to 100 yeah. spirits um and i would literally transmit those maybe do a side quest or two and then i would bounce off and go play elden ring or something else because i was like i know i'm gonna get way too burnt out on just finding these stupid spirits that are hidden throughout the town and honestly it wasn't too bad in the last couple of days i got kind of more into it because i got a little bit faster about finding them and I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm only missing like three spirits in like six different zones. And like, I was like, so like, I literally just spent the whole time flying around the town, flying around the city, and then, or gliding, if you want to be specific. Did you get the, the skill oh, yeah. that makes the it where you can hookshot that anywhere? Point. Oh, that, was, yeah. that okay. is literally, anybody who's playing Ghostwire Tokyo, that should literally be the first skill that you get. Yeah. In in it, a, a few honestly, ways, because a lot of the game is like, you need to get up here, and now you need to find a way. But if you have that skill, you're like, I don't have to find <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's great. I was playing on Tatari, so like, and I, so Mitch, which meant I got no experience for fighting. So I literally just did not fight anything unless I had to 
while I was going around doing things because it was like, there's no point. Like I would run down, absorb the spirits, and then just grapple out and just leave. I'm like, thanks, bye, I'm out. Um, yeah. Did you so have like any? Now, did you have any regrets once you beat the game that you realized you didn't have to do the phone booth thing anymore, or do you not care? Uh, wait. Or what do you, you mean? not even? Oh, know you mean because or... like once you finish it, you get the beads where you don't need the phone booths anymore? You're saying correct. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, spirits just instant transfer once you beat the game. I, I really like that. So I as soon as I finished it, I started a, a new playthrough on easy just so I could get the last couple trophies because playing a Tatari, you cannot max your level because you don't level up and you cannot yeah. unlock all the skill trees um, because you do not get enough skill points. Like there's a ton of investigation notes. I managed to get like all but I think 12 skills just mm -hmm. based on the investigation notes, which was really nice. Wow. Um. So I didn't feel like I was like, oh, I can't get this. I can't get this. Um, but it is so nice being able to just transfer them instantly after finishing it yeah. and just instantly seeing experience pop into my bar to level get me up. I'm already at level 25 after like 45 minutes, I think, 45 minutes to like an hour of playing on easy because you, I literally just go around and just fireball everybody in it one or two shots, even the strongest. The, the fireball is so good. Yeah, you, it's, it's the one to use. Yeah. And honestly, like on Tatari, I used the water. Uh, water was best for mm -hmm. me because okay. it had the it had a stronger knockback knockdown effect for me personally when charged. And I'm glad, I I'm glad the... you stuck with it. I bounced yeah. off that game so hard. Uh, it would not be in my game of the year list by any means. <laughs> I got to a couple fights and like the frame rate for frame data just like completely chugged. Like it literally mm. stopped frames. And I was just like, it was when one of the like the, the red dressed ones that were hanging from the trees would yeah. scream at you. And like it literally like stopped my game. I was just like, oh, oh wow. Okay, cool. I did so. one night of like spirit hunting, and then I was like, mm -hmm. I'm never doing that again. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was like three hours. And I I still I only have like sixty thousand. And I was like, there's two hundred and fifty. Nope, I'm not, I'm not doing it. You can't make yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like it's uh you know it's got a lot easier my second playthrough now like with all the stuff like I know from the first playthrough I'm after that like hour or two I'm already at like 50k which is like way higher than I expected to be after that time but I was like yeah. whatever um but also like there's just a lot of stuff they don't tell you about that game like the you know you see the spirit parade and yeah. or we're totally getting off tangent and like they tell you at the at the end like avoid this and I was like I got to the end. I'm like, I'm missing like 15, 10 or 15,000 spirits. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. Turns out you have to actually engage with those stupid parades. Yeah. Cause you get the spirits oh, at the spirits. end. Mm -hmm. I ignored them completely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did too for the most of the playthrough. And I didn't know that. I was like, this is a really bad tutorial. Like this is really bad. This is, <laughs> they just did a lot of things that were just really bad in that game. Um, let alone like the fact that you have to grab, what is it like? 10,000 of these spirit things because there's like some of them are worth 700 but 90% of them are worth 94 to 99 mm -hmm. yeah for like, this is really bad the the completionist math of it all it's it's a really frustrating thing because yeah you can't know where you're going is going to be the the most time uh worthy efficient uh, uh, yeah time efficient thank you so yeah it, it's about i really love that world like i i think the yes. design of it and the the way it is all set up is so cool and it, mm -hmm. you know, obviously that game did go through some uh, development issues with changing over directors and things early yep. on. So, like, I, I do wonder how that played into things, because I do think at the end of the day, there's, like, a lot of stuff in there that is basic, but the the wrapping around it as a world and the way it uses mm -hmm. mythology and all that stuff is so cool. And if it was just a, a stronger game, it would be something I would, like, 
probably be shouting from the rooftops about. But if yeah. they would have mm-hmm. chopped just the spirits in half, like I honestly think it would have reviewed a lot better. And I, like, just like there's just so much rinse and repeat in the game. I think they just cut that down like they did the story and made the story short and sweet and made the collections short and sweet. It would have been like this is an amazing like 15 hour game to play. Yeah, it ended up. I think I ended up spending 35, 40 to find oh, everything and do everything. Sounds about right. Just too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't like the combat. That was my the combat. Yeah, I liked everything That's about it. the game except for the combat. I thought the combat yeah. is like boy. Well, with all that said, variable refresh rate is coming this week for PlayStation Five. So you know, we I think we covered that one well. <laughs> Yep. Yes, I think. So yeah, too. we 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 talked about a game that's not on the list. Yep. Yep. <laughs> one that should be though. We 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 could have bookended this by being like, but if you want to try Ghostwire Tokyo Sky for variable frame rate, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we suck. This is awesome. Uh, great. That's anyway, in the world guys. <laughs> Variable refresh rate is coming this week. Uh, hopefully we get it and can try it out. Uh, and if you're playing Ghostwire Tokyo, also let us know in the comments. Uh, moving yeah. on from there, though, uh, did want to mention PlayStation Plus uh, games for May have been announced. Just going through the rest of the news for the month. Uh, the exciting one, FIFA. That's a <laughs> yeah. that small game that no one plays, FIFA. Anyway, uh, FIFA 22 is there. Uh, as well as Curse of the Dead Gods and Tribes of Midgard. So those will all be available next week. Uh, of course, you can Go still get play your... Curse of the Dead Gods. It's very it's good. good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good. fun one. Um, like also, also like Tribes of Midgard, like people people were really into that game when that game came out. So it's just like a, it's like a building multiplayer game. I, I, wonder if, I wonder if we're going to see new life into this game now that everyone's getting it for free. Um, just because like, people were really into that game. It also I've never played see, this. I've never played Curse of the God, Dead God. It's very similar to like Hades, but it's also there's a lot more like curses and like negative debuffs you can get depending on your actions and stuff. But I really like it. I really mm-hmm. I bought it on Switch and was playing it on Switch for a while. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, it does look like a slower Hades, which I don't mean that in a bad way. Sometimes Hades mm-hmm. is a little too no, hectic. It is so. slower paced. Yeah, it's slower paced and it's very much like not story heavy at all. Like obviously, one of Hades' triumphs is, is yep. the way it does yeah. story. Curse of the Dead Gods is not concerned with that. Again, not a knock. It's just not what the game is trying to go for. Um, yep. But yeah, to Jada's point, it it is much more a game about what good and bad affects you on on the roguelike runs. Um, you Got can it. you can really get some like wild combos of great things and then bad things but that could be good um a lot of risk reward stuff in there um so if if you're into that mode it's really good and yeah mark to your point tribes of midgard i feel like it also kind of got a little bit uh brushed away because in terms of like uh norse mythology building game Mm -hmm. valheim was the big thing um yeah yeah and i remember people were like super into this game and i was like i was like oh that but that's not valheim because it, it also plays very di- like Valheim is more like over the shoulder third person where this yes, is like yeah, top down isometric yeah yeah um a little bit more I guess uh Diablo ish I think mm-hmm. like it, there's a little bit more dungeon crawling to it in there as well uh, I always wanted to try it and then yeah it was one of those things where it was like I couldn't convince because it's up to ten players I couldn't convince five people to spend forty bucks or whatever it was twenty right. on it at the time because we were playing so much else so um mm-hmm. now that it's available for everyone I I am excited to jump in and see how it yeah, is yeah me too I definitely I'm sure we'll see want to try I'm it. sure we'll see some type of statistic like we did with uh, Deep Rock Galactic where it added. X amount of millions of players after 
you know, it like Deep Rock Galactic, what, doubled its player base when it came to PS Plus or something like that? Yeah, I no. think even sure like we'll tripled, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see some type of statistic for this one. Because um, this is also one I've been on the fence for. I've played it at like shows and stuff like that back when those were a thing. I think I played <laughs> it at Gamescom of all of them, of all the, the showcases. Um, but yeah, it was it was great um, from what I played. So I'm excited to actually dive in and play it more yeah. thoroughly. I, yeah, could, I couldn't get in. into Valheim, but this, like I tried, but this game, I don't know. I might, I might give it a, was, I might give it a shot. It, I also, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, was it the mosquitoes that kept you away from Valheim? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, it, <laughs> that game is, uh, the game's almost, it's like, it's kind of like Shadow Colossus-y kind of, right? Where it's like, there are like big enemies you're supposed to, the game is very vague. And honestly, mm-hmm. I, I will admit, I don't think I gave it like the time you need to be able to give a game like this to really like sink in you know but i i i remember i was like i tried to convince my friends who are you know we we have a really strong uh the forest group and i was like yo this thing like might be like the next you know the forest and and i i just i i very willing to admit that i probably did not give it the time that that it probably deserves to actually get into it i i played it for a few hours and i was like yeah I don't, I don't yeah it definitely requires that i think i i think i finished two or three bosses i think i had the most fun with just like building like i mm-hmm. and i generally don't like building in games but i built this like very cool like three three or four story house that like had a basement that went into a lake so it was like a sauna type thing it was, <laughs> pretty, it was, it was pretty cool i was I enjoyed flexing those creative mes- muscles yeah valheim's strengths were definitely i think in the in the building sense and the cooperative sense of it because yeah i had a friend group Mm -hmm. who who created basically like a giant compound on the top of a hill that had moats and walls and different gazebos and just all all this great stuff and that that was the most fun of it rather than necessarily the like combat side of it but um yeah have you guys played the forest because man that game is incredible (laughs) i've not but i have heard a lot about it from the medina household it's so good. I've only heard things about it from the Medina household. <laughs> you guys are missing out. The forest is actually incredible. It's not even just a, like Mark and Amanda Medina are crazy about this game. That game is actually really, really good. No, I know uh, it's beloved. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so depressed. Let me tell you guys a story. So I'm going to Disneyland in a few weeks, like mid, mm-hmm. uh, mid May, and we're taking a whole week off because it is our 15 year wedding anniversary. Yeah, congratulations! Um, Amazing. Is, yeah, it's very, it's very long, um, and uh, almost half my life been together over half my life. What are you guys laughing at? What a, just a what a glowing endorsement of your marriage. Yeah, it's it's know, been right? very long, <laughs> so long. <laughs> Help me, no. Um, Does Amanda listen whole... to the show? <laughs> no, only when I show her different parts. Like, okay. Uh, cool. Oh, I made fun of her on Game Scoop, and I showed her that because it was really funny. That was your. I'll probably show. I'll probably. Gift. I'll probably show her this. Yeah. Another fifteen. Yeah, we'll see if we make it to the next fifteen. But anyways, Thank the whole God. point was we were we were gonna come back and uh, we were gonna play Sons of the Forest. We were so excited, and then it got delayed, and it was the saddest thing ever. Anyways, to bring it back, this is a very it's interesting it. list because I it. I see it almost as like kind of weak. I think some people would be like FIFA, like all right. But this is also the last PlayStation Plus list with the service as it kind it of is. is. Like I guess technically yeah. June's would come out, but like it makes me wonder like 
Unless they delay it. Yeah, are we going to see just like a normal June showing? I I guess you kind of have to assume that there is, but that is the month that the service is changing over. So it does make me wonder if it's like, let's just get through this last month because I have to assume in May is when they're, because this, well, okay, now I'm going to go back on myself again. That's not true. It does launch in some areas in May, May, which technically they sometimes have a different PS Plus list than us, but Mm -hmm. they do have to do a, a ps plus like blowout right before before it launches anywhere right so in may there is going to be some sort of either you know what are they called the the playstation directs the state of plays or a lengthy blog post right? a lengthy so. blog post yes uh, um, <laughs> that's i probably what it's going to be <laughs> yeah we presumably will know in the next month i yeah i wouldn't be shocked if there is a like delay to the june playstation plus like free games for the month to coincide with uh whatever territory you're in getting stuff or mm-hmm. they don't do a specific group of games until the final uh, release window which would be europe just to make sure it's fair for everyone they get them on the same days or they just put th- two or three games out the first week of june for everyone and th- those are just those games um because they they could put up the service with the libraries and not say here are the new you know three games for the month they could very easily do that but yeah presumably we should know what those libraries are within the next month otherwise if you're in Asia outside of Japan, I guess we'll be asking you to tell us what the lists are like. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it should be an interesting one. Um, moving on from there, just a couple of other news beats to hit because there's been a lot of news. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, LinkedIn, our favorite leaker of all time, has given us a few bits of information about what's going on at PlayStation at the moment. Um, the big couple things to mention, uh, just for, for reference of things, is that uh, apparently there has been a game preservation team created at PlayStation. Uh, It seems to be a pretty new team in its early days. It hasn't been sort of officially announced as a project or like a focus necessarily to to the public, but based on job listings and people assumed to be part of the team, it is allegedly presumed to be about, quote, the day-to-day focus is on IP preservation for the business, ensuring the titles of today are captured, cataloged, and secured for the games industry of tomorrow. Um, Which to me screams is very much like, I don't think this suddenly means every single game that has ever been on PlayStation is going to easily be accessible on PS Plus. Like, I wouldn't get your hopes up that this means the PS Plus catalog is triple fold now. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a very forward-looking project, if anything, with work, some work done likely toward the past. Like, I do think they'll look toward especially first-party stuff as a way to preserve it, but I think this is very much more about a future-looking uh, project. The, uh, the the terminology using secure um in there it like that language it kind of speaks to me it's like hey we lost crash and spyro when activision (laughs) went to uh microsoft i feel like this is kind of them like hey we lost two of our big mascots that were playstation icons for so long let's not let this happen again let's preserve them and secure them as playstation icons for the long run but who knows we'll see what it looks like um but that's just kind of the thought popped in my head when i heard that yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how it actually plays out and, and how big a factor it, it becomes for PlayStation mm-hmm. since, you know, their their history with backward compatibility and, you know, past looking stuff has been strange, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> excuse me moving on from there uh also worth mentioning just as a quick update for those who are wondering if that last of us remake is still in the works uh, a naughty dog workers profile listed their work as including an unannounced remake project so conceivably the last of us remake is still in the works is somewhere floating out there we don't know the current status of it uh obviously the bloomberg report from months back said it had sort of switched hands into naughty dog so we'll see if that comes out i assume that is something very much tailor-made to coincide with either shortly before the release or with the release of the TV show, because it's a great way to say, hey, are you new to The Last of Us? Do you want to play the game that this is all based on? Well, good news, we have a brand new version of it easily for you to buy right now on our service. Um, it's most likely the case for it, but we'll see. Oh, that worries me. I'm just going to say that. Which the part reason? The, the whole idea of Sony Pictures adhering to or... Um, trying to coincide with games right like the fact that they released uncharted collection like right they almost seemingly rushed it on ps5 because the pc version's not ready yet so it's weird that they kind of like rushed the ps5 version out um to coincide with the movie right and so it's like are they remaking the last of us to coincide with the show are they making a ghost of us or a ghost of us ghost of tsushima movie that's only going to be allowed to release around the time ghost of tsushima 2 i don't know it's a it's a weird it's a it's a it's a weird thing that could end up becoming like just let the movies be movies let the shows be shows and let the games be games it's weird that they're going to always it it, it would worry me that they're always going to try to hit like marketing beats i mean that's to be fair that's speculation on my point like we don't know that no no sure. i know they, they could very well put out like depending on the state of it i could see the last of us remake coming out this fall depending on when god of war mm -hmm. comes out as a like thing to boost the holiday sales and then in the spring they can have big sales on the game you know when the, when the show premieres it could be something as simple as that but yeah um, i i would just hate to live in a world where they're like yo ghost of tsushima the movie is ready but we have to hold it for six months because ghost of tsushima 2 is not out kind of deal I mean, you know like i, I would mean, hate that i mean that was the whole ps2 era though they're like that whole era of time was there's so many movie tie-ins which were launched at the same time not like, it was awful right all the best it was like, terrible. it was like very that's terrible. not it was a terrible plan <laughs> yeah so like but like also you know pc games haven't been launching day and date for ps5 to pc versions anyway so like i'm mm -hmm. not too worried on this one specifically um i feel like the uncharted collection it just had some different hurdles to go through for pc or it's just a timed marketing beat where they just are trying to time it out differently because they know they have something else dropping later and they want the PC to release to drum up some free marketing. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't become the case or like the necessity for it. And I don't necessarily think there's any reason to assume it will for every project. I think they will just try to find the synergies where it makes sense because they are mm -hmm. working hand in hand. But I, I, I don't think... You know, especially knowing how game development can balloon, can, delays can happen, um, and and obviously that can even happen on the movie side, especially with production still being affected by COVID and the way it is for for things being produced. You know, I I think they'll try to hit those things when they can. But if the Twisted Metal TV show is ready and the Twisted Metal remake is still three years out, they're gonna put out the Twisted Metal show probably because they they owe certain yeah. they owe different shareholders different responsibilities based on the mm -hmm. different departments involved. Especially when, like, that that's involved with Peacock as well. So they probably, there are penalties for, for delivering certain things to a different streamer and, and things like that. Um, 
Anyway, in addition to that, the the last LinkedIn surprise slash not was that Sony is hiring for a senior director for PC planning and strategy. Um, I saw this going around a lot as like PlayStation is massively increasing their PC plans. And I feel like this is just sort of the natural follow-up to everything they've been doing. Like they've clearly made PC ports a part of what they're doing. They brought in Nixes with an idea that they would help with PC to a certain extent. We know several games that are in the works. We assume several more are. I, I don't know about either of you, but this just feels like, yeah, it's probably just good to have someone who's in charge of that at the company. Yeah, just somebody manning yeah. the ship. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Somebody hi- being hired doesn't mean like some crazy things in the works. Like, yeah, it just they've done some testing and they're like, yep, this is what we're gonna keep doing. But like, it doesn't necessarily mean that like Ragnarok's day and day on PC now. Like that. Yeah, no. we know that's not a thing because they've said it. It's it's just good to have someone. Uh, yeah, as you know, as he said, as someone in charge of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm behind the wheel. Uh, last two bits of news, just to go, mention really quickly uh, for Sifu fans out there, the uh, developers gave a 2022 content roadmap. Uh, we have all the details up on IGN. They're basically doing an update every season. Uh, starting this spring, uh, they're adding next Tuesday, May third, uh, difficulty modes. Um, so there will be uh, three options now, student, disciple, and master. So basically they're adding an easier and a harder difficulty. Um, they didn't go super deep into those, but those will be available. Um, that will also include advanced training, outfit selection, uh, and and more to come in summer, fall, and winter. Uh, winter, the big one seems to be the new game mode uh, called Arenas. Fall will have a replay editor along with new modifiers and outfits. And summer is where they introduce advanced scoring and gameplay modifiers. So if you're if you're score chasing in Sifu, uh, more reasons to try different and better runs and to see if you can uh, come close to Mitchell's acumen at that game. Plot um, twist: is, uh... the the regular version of this game has always been student. They're 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 only making the game harder. <laughs> they're only making it harder. Good. That would be a great plot twist. I would oh love my god. That. They just all have guns now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why one of the uh, modifiers is bullet time. They're adding in summer. So it's, true. There you go. Yeah. The, the plot thickens, Mark. Yep. I I can't believe how well I have predicted this amazing <laughs> uh and then last but not least just on the patch note side of things uh bantai namco uh has released a uh new update for elden ring uh recent patches uh 1.04.1 i always yeah. love when they have to do multiple points uh yep. and i think the the headliner here is that essentially it helps to fix the molina fight that had become extremely difficult for people um so the the top line well, fixed it, above... was, it was broken broke yes. yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be polite. Yeah, it was great. Uh, fixed a bug with Melina, Blade of Mikella. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, in which her HP was not healed correctly in the online multiplayer environment. Um, so if you summon co-op player help, Melina won't be able to regain her health unless her blows actually connect with a player. Um, so she's yeah. just healing from hitting the air. She was yep. just absorbing life. The essence. game, the game thought she was hitting somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cerulean hidden tier has also been fixed. Uh, the uh, update before this accidentally slashed the duration of the tier from 15 seconds down to seven, uh, but that has been fixed. Uh, the upgrade has also fixed a bug that caused some bosses to die at unintended times, which doesn't sound like a bug so much as just a, a FromSoft thing. That's always been a FromSoft thing. That, you just get them to fall off an edge. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's kind of like I was. I had posted a clip on Twitter like a week or two ago, and I was fighting one of those like skeleton vulture things, and it flew, was just flying in the air, half health, and it just died. 
like nothing <laughs> happened it just was flying through the air and it just instantly died and it was like enemy fell i was like yeah you he know died what? he I'll, died I'll of old it. age i'll take it i will take this one. Oh man <laughs> he died wow. from natural causes <laughs> it was like the third time i fought the same enemy so i i'll take it <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, hopefully that, that helps people out in their Elden Ring adventures, uh, and, and of course I'm sure we'll continue to see updates, because they, yeah, they're definitely aware of how many people are playing, and, and what fans are and aren't happy with with each update. Um, yeah. Moving on from there, I'm actually going to table, I know, uh, Jada, you wonderfully put games in, and a bunch of people were in with them. We're going to uh, hold PSP games to jump into uh, for next week for, for our wish list for PS Plus, if they don't announce them uh, ahead of time. But we will jump in with those, so if you want to write in, please continue to. Thank you to everyone who has. I have a few ready to read for next week. Uh, with the subject line, PS Plus wish list to beyond at IGN.com, and we'll read some on the show. Uh, with that said, I'm just going to, before we wrap up, because we got a really wonderful memory card story in, uh, I just want to read that one out. This one came in from Francis, and of course, if you want to write in with a memory card story, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card, and we'll read your happy, weird, sad, wacky, uh, whatever memories of your PlayStation gaming life when we read them on the show. Uh, Francis wrote in with a very sweet um, story, uh, a, a warning for people. This does involve the death of a loved one uh, in reference to the story, um, but just wanted to put that out there before we jump in. Uh, but Francis wrote in uh, with the idea of, you know, since there have still been problems with PS5 availability for people, wanted to write in with their uh, unexpected way of getting a PS5. Um, Francis wrote, I'm a 31-year-old PlayStation fan and have been since the original PS1. With the shortage of the way it's been lately, I've told myself that I probably won't be able to get a PS5 yet, and I'll just have to wait a couple years longer. No big deal, I'm a patient guy, but I recently upgraded my TV to a 4K set and really wanted to get some next-gen system to take advantage of it. I had taken a day off work on November 4th, and with Forza Horizon 5 coming out the next day, I was ready to buy an Xbox Series S because they were the only next-gen systems available at my local Best Buy. Uh, I made my way down, and as I pulled into the parking lot, I was surprised to see a couple of people walking out with PS5s in their heads. Damn lucky souls must have picked up their online orders or something, I thought to myself. <laughs> I walked in, asked the greeter if they had any PS5s in stock, and she told me to check the order pickup line. Sure, why not? I'm here, and if I don't get one, I'll pick up a Series S like I initially planned anyway. I see a long line and get in uh, to try my luck. As I'm standing there, more and more people come into the store, some even running to the line. Word must have got, got out, I thought. Mm -hmm. While I'm waiting, I see an employee start counting from the beginning of the line and asking people if we're in line for a PS5. I hear a bunch of yeses ahead of me, and when he got to me and asked, I replied, uh, yeah, sure, if you got him, I'll buy one. Still not thinking I'd be so lucky. Well, he asked the guy behind me, and when he replies yes, the employee announced, that's it. So it was just the guy behind him and then the line wrapped up. Uh, I couldn't believe it coming in on a whim and I was almost the last guy in line who was going to be able to buy one of these much sought after systems. With my luck, I still didn't believe I was going to buy one and they'd explain that there was a miscount or something when I got to the front of the line. There's no way, how did I get so lucky? And then uh, it hit him, a, th a thought occurred. Uh, the reason I had taken off work that day was because my grandmother had just passed away two days earlier on Tuesday. I was really close with her and didn't really know how to process it yet. I even went into work on Wednesday, sad of course, but not really feeling the full gravity of the situation till that night. I decided that I start using my bereavement days that Thursday to try to deal with the deep sadness and loss I was feeling. Waking up that day, I felt like I could really use an escape and was going to turn to video games for that outlet, and that's what set me out to Best Buy that morning. Standing in line, I felt like she was the reason I was in that position and had a chance to get one. Like she pulled some cosmic strings in the universe to get me in that Best Buy at that time in that place in the line. Uh, 
Like, she was looking down and knew that picking this up would help me cope with losing her. She knew I loved video games. She even took me to the mall as a kid to buy a PS2 excuse me, with money I got for Christmas. She watched me grow and enjoy this hobby throughout the years and was always supportive of it. While my parents would try to limit my time or ask I wasn't uh, out doing other worthwhile activities, she always supported me in the smallest and kindest ways, like asking me what the story was about or bringing over snacks when she noticed I was in for a long session. I knew she just loved to see me happy playing games. Getting to the front of the line, making my purchase, and walking out of the store was such a surreal experience, I felt her presence with me like I was a giddy kid going to buy a PS2. Getting in the car with my new system and driving home was the first time I cried about losing her. I really felt like she was the reason everything happened the way it did that day. I know it's just gaming and it might seem as trivial to some people, but to others, it's a lifelong fascination and love. She knew this, and even though she was gone, I felt like it was one last way for her to make a connection with me through this hobby that I love. Uh, and Francis, thank you so much for sharing that story. Of course, yeah. uh, our, our condolences for, for using, losing your grandmother. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to have that moment and, and, and to feel like she was with you in, the, in that time. Um, the, you know, to have that connection of something you cared about so deeply and to know that she knew you cared about it so deeply in that way. Um, I'm, you know, very sorry for your loss, but we appreciate you sharing that and, and being willing to share that with us in the audience. So thank you for that. I am trying not to cry right now, just to be honest. <laughs> like, grandmas are the best. Grandmas, like, they spoil you. And I'm so happy that you had such an amazing relationship with your grandmother. Um, and yes, again, like Jonathan said, our condolences to your loss. And, you know, um, you know, she's out there watching over you. So, <laughs> you know, enjoy yeah. that PlayStation. And, you know, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Hope, uh, hope you've been playing some fun stuff since November when you bought it. And yeah, uh, thank you so much for writing in, Francis. And thank you to everyone who's been writing in with memory cards. Now that the email is working, now that I understand how email works, uh, it's been wonderful to see them, trying to make sure we incorporate them each week as we go on. So we'll continue to do that. So if you'd like to write in, again, memory card uh, subject line to beyond at IGN.com. And we'll read them on the show each week. Uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us. I double-checked. PlayStation didn't tweet anything during the show, so we're safe on the news front. Uh, but that pretty much wraps us up. I do have a, a trophy test for you guys, but I think at this point I'll probably I'll probably hold it for next week because we're, we're already past the marker. Um, so with that in mind, Jada, anything you want to plug or, or point people to that you've been working on recently? Uh, yeah, so uh, if you're on IGN.com, uh, make sure you're putting up we've been doing some comments of the week from our different commenters on site so if you are putting up some good insightful or witty comments that aren't that are uh you know very respectful and such you might get your comment uh featured in that article we post every friday and just uh if you want it you know tag me in when you see just tag me at jade arena in the comments and i'll i'll uh, take a look awesome and mark anything on your end two things uh, the first one being very relevant to the show, uh, we have been working on updating our PS5 top list. It's kind of a spring update that includes Horizon and Elden Ring and Sifu and stuff like that. So that actually went live today. So you can go watch the video or read the article on IGN. Um, that's It's more of a like living list. So as games come out, we'll try to update it as frequently as we can. Uh, but since there was such a big gap in between game releases we figured it would be time to create a video for it so that's out now i also worked on a little video with uh 
uh, people may know him. His name's Alex Navarro. He's a former GameSpot, former Giant Bomb, and is now at Nextlander. Uh, we worked on a video about Nicolas Cage and his most, like, Nicolas Cage performances. Mm. And I have to say, in my seven years at IGN, that might be one of my favorite videos I've ever made. Like, that, that is, it was such a fun video to make, and unfortunately not enough people watched it, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, if you like Nicolas Cage and you want to see some wacky performances of movies you probably never even heard of, to be honest with you, uh, go to YouTube, search, you know, uh, 10 Nick Cage, whatever, on IGN, and uh, I really like how that video came out, so go check it out. I think I'm searching... My favorite made, made number two. What's that? Ooh. I said, I'm happy that my favorite Nick Cage movie made number two. It'll be a surprise for people who yeah. find out. Yeah. They, they have uh, to go. I'm trying to get them to go and look at the list exactly. without telling them, guys. To, like, yeah, just like, I don't even know it. which one it is. I just... <laughs> Let me ruin the full <laughs> ranking right now. Um, exactly. No, yeah, I, I agree. That was a very fun video, and, and I've followed Alex's work for a long time. So to see his, his uh, Nick Cage expertise uh, grace IGN was a, a very fun thing to see as well. Um, but yeah, as, as Mark said, go check out that uh, top PS5 uh, games list. Both the article and video have been updated. Uh, we, we've got a lot of feature stuff on, on Lucy and Maya and in the works, so nothing to talk about this week, but but go check all, uh, all that stuff out soon, because we got a lot coming up and it should be exciting. Uh, with that all said, though, I am going to point to one piece of content, because I thought it was really well written. Uh, go check out Tom Marks' The Stanley Parable uh, Ultra Deluxe Review. Uh, that is a game I'm very excited to play for the first time, and uh, Tom wrote a really fantastic review, so go check that out. It's a great game. Uh, I, I haven't played the new one, but I played the other one a decade ago. It's really good. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, well, with that said, I actually came up with a surprise. I am going to do my trophy test, and I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger for next week. So I'm going to give Jada, Mark, and the audience a chance to answer this for next week. Uh, these are Stanley Parable... Uh, trophies one of them is real one of them is fake i need you to tell me which is the real one next week is it commitment in which you play the stanley parable for the entire duration of a tuesday or is it on the dart on the dot i don't know how the words work start a new game of the stanley parable exactly at noon hmm. tell me which one of those is real next week or write in the comments or write to beyond at ign.com and let me know which of those you think is the correct answer uh but better not said, look it up jada i won't look it don't up. look it up I, I'm, not, I'm not looking it up i haven't played the game so like i'm i'm gonna be it's gonna be a 50 50 guess for me excellent mm -hmm. uh well with all that said thank you all so much for joining me uh mark jada thank you for joining me this week's episode you can find us all on twitter i'm at jm dornbush mark is at mark underscore medina and jada is at jada underscore rena thank you to red our producer for making the show happen as always and thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching we hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond. 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 Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. 
You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Oh, let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.